Yeah, it's a national solution. It's a website and a mobile app accessible to anybody. I mean, this is what the White House should be building, right? It's a it's a risk quiz. It's a telemedicine visit with a doctor. Get your lab results. But then we've taken it a step further to say, how do we digitize really all of outpatient medicine? So that means diabetes management, diabetes prevention, cardiac rehab, telepsychiatry, virtual primary care, and then doing things like food delivery, um, you know, using Amazon PillPack to deliver medication. Welcome back. For this episode, we are going to listen in on a conversation Lawrence recently had with Logan Plaster over at Startup Health on a COVID-19 health innovation update. This is a great conversation, and I know you'll love it. So let's dive right in. This is Startup Health TV, a special COVID-19 health innovation update. I'm Logan Plaster, editor of Startup Health Magazine, and I'm joined here by Lawrence Gerard, CEO and founder of Fruit Street. Lawrence, thanks for joining me on the call. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was excited to have this call because I know you are working day and night on a special project called COVID.MD, and I want to hear all about it. Yeah, let me show you a quick video to start with, and then we can discuss it. Cool. COVID.MD is a new risk assessment, triage, and telemedicine platform that was created to help the public healthcare system respond to the growing COVID-19 pandemic. We are currently recruiting thousands of physicians, health experts, software engineers, and business leaders to help us continue to build out a national telemedicine service. Currently, the platform enables patients to take a risk quiz, receive information about testing, get personalized information, and connect with a doctor via live video chat. We also plan to support nationally coordinated testing and the ability for results to be automatically delivered to patients within the app. Right now, we are working with national partners in business, healthcare, and government to roll this out to tens of millions of Americans. Please contact us if you are interested in being paid to be a telemedicine provider, if you are a physician that needs telemedicine software, or if you are a physician interested in investing in the platform. So far, we have raised more than $1 million in one week, with more investments coming in every day. We can rise to this challenge by working together. The combination of leadership, capital, and speed is all we need. Join us at COVID.MD. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so you, you have been working hard to put that together because I know you have this whole idea really launched a few weeks ago, didn't it? I think it was less than that, maybe, maybe two weeks. Um, we're still, we lost track of time. I think it's two weeks now. Two weeks, day and night. What made you decide? So Fruit Street um, is a diabetes company. What made you decide to, to go all in on COVID.MD uh, and really create this national movement of really what it feels like from that, that ad? I think the government in the White House has asked for the technology community and digital health community to focus all of its efforts on this problem. And when telemedicine was proposed as the solution and Medicare decided to pay for it, that was obviously a historic moment because everyone's been waiting for Medicare to pay for telemedicine. And then I realized that a lot of these other telemedicine companies like Teladoc have five hour wait times. And we have thousands of physicians that we know through Fruit Street because we've raised $20 million from 300 physicians. And so I realized that we have the physicians and the ability to recruit them. We have the technology through video conferencing on Zoom. And uh, I know their CEO pretty well. And we have the uh, business development skills to execute. So we thought that it would make the most sense to focus on this public health crisis because we have all the components necessary to 
help. Now, now why build it fresh uh, versus uh, pulling together different uh, companies or, or services that are already out there? Yeah, we actually thought about using our own telemedicine software, but I think that the mistake that people make about telemedicine software development is that they think that one technology fits every problem and they think, oh, well, I'll just get Zoom or I get Skype, but then you have to think about how to patients. So even our own platform, I mean, could it scale to 10 million patients? Probably, but you know, we don't know, right? So we wanted to figure out how do we ensure that it can scale to 10 million or even 100 million people. And so we decided to select the Salesforce cloud where typically you wouldn't think of using Salesforce as um, you know, a telemedicine triage tool, but they have you know, functionality through service cloud where you can do you know, queue management, they have the ability to make it HIPAA compliant and uh, even do really deep customization where all of our doctors are actually gonna have Salesforce licenses. So we may become uh, maybe the biggest Salesforce user pretty soon or one of the top 10 um, but Salesforce processes trillions of transactions per month, which makes it scalable really at like a military grade level. Wow. So, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that scalability because clearly with, um, you said a million raised in that, um, in that ad and you are recruiting thousands of doctors. What, what has it been like to be building during this moment when so many people are shut down? Well, telemedicine specifically is booming just because of the status of society. Um, now we've raised $5 million approximately, and I'm losing track. In one day, the other day, we went to our physicians and we said, look, um, this is what we've accomplished in the last seven days. And within six hours of waking up, we raised $2.5 million. So I think that the physicians are very motivated to solve this problem because it personally affects them. And they went into medicine to really help the public versus some venture capital firms I've talked to, they seem to be more concerned with the cap table. Uh, you know, why would you want to have doctors own shares in an app that's focused on doctors providing telemedicine? They seem so concerned that doctors would be on the cap table, whereas physicians are hyper motivated to help and they are people that want to help by nature. So yeah. it's even about money for them. Just to remind our, our viewers, if they're not familiar with Fruit Street, you have, an, you have a unique model for raising funds that you've sort of crowdsourced from physicians themselves. So instead of having three or four big investors, you have this big group of hundreds of doctors who have each put in money, correct? Right. And then they participate on an advisory board forum through Basecamp. Now there's hundreds of posts per day because we're just adding dozens per day. I mean, we're credentialing almost 100 doctors per day now to be telemedicine providers. Okay. So we call it a, a telemedicine consortium, if you will, where these physicians are giving input. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, that's one of the things that makes COVID.md really unique is that you've raised the funds from a consortium of physicians and you've also used them as an advisory board and you've gone to them to build an initial base of telemedicine providers, correct? Right, right. And then a similar consortium would be through Startup Health, or we're now collaborating with two startups from Startup okay. to build this product. Which ones? The first one is uh, Valhalla Health. They had um, developed a risk quiz component of this, where we have kind of like a, a static risk quiz on the front end, which can be good for some users. And then the other one is Conversa Health, where they have an AI chatbot. Okay. How are you incorporating the chatbot? Uh, so... Both of those would be options on the front end when people need to take a risk quiz, but then the chat bot would do things like 
follow up with patients after they do their initial telemedicine appointment, where we might ask them, hey, how are you feeling? Do you have a fever? And if they had a fever, for example, it might say, look, you need to go into another telemedicine appointment. Or it might be kind of like an assistant to someone doing chronic care management. You know, the the sense that I got watching your ad is that you're really preparing this for a national rollout, which is different than a lot of companies in this space um, who are maybe just kind of doubling down on what they're already doing versus trying to 10x or 100x a project. Uh, What do you see as as the method for that rollout? Well, we have a lot of uh, partners already on the B2B side that can instantly roll this out to employers and health plans. You can probably think of the different aggregators of employers and health plans in the digital space. So that's one strategy. But I also think going direct to consumer through social media uh, is, is really a great way to meet uh, the needs of you know, Medicare beneficiaries and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then also going straight to government, the speed at which the government is responding to proposals from digital health companies like us is quite amazing. Um, you know, we're going to be presenting this to someone at the White House, very high up that I won't say their name, but I think we're going for a, a 1000x and really thinking about how do we build a national solution? Just, just for example, we did a call with the CDC yesterday and we had offered our diabetes prevention program software for free to all the in-person diabetes prevention programs uh, to go digital. But then we told them about the idea that we're working on with COVID MD and they said, you know, it's the most innovative project they've ever heard of. We are thinking so far beyond even the government. Hmm. And so we're really trying to get government endorsement now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it feels like what makes it uh, unique is that it's, it's its own kind of umbrella thing. <laughs> Every health innovation company I've, I've interviewed over the last week has been tied into a specific hospital system. And COVID MD is a website. It's a, a huge consortium of physicians, and it kind of exists on its own outside of that world. So I don't, I don't have to be Kaiser. I don't have to be Northwell or UCSF. None of that really matters. Is that right? Yeah, it's a national solution. It's a website and a mobile app accessible to anybody. I mean, this is what the White House should be building, right? It's a it's a risk quiz. It's a telemedicine visit with a doctor get your lab results, but then we've taken it a step further to say, how do we digitize really all of outpatient medicine? So mm-hmm. that means diabetes management, diabetes prevention, cardiac rehab, telepsychiatry, virtual primary care, and then doing things like food delivery, um, you know, using Amazon pill pack to deliver medication. So really more comprehensive than even just doing a COVID-19 telemedicine. Gotcha. gotcha. So COVID-19 could just be the beginning um, how do you then integrate to, to someone's regular you know, relationship to their doctor, their hospital, et cetera? I think their uh, regular doctor and hospital, uh, in some cases, is struggling even to keep up. I mean, I'm hearing stories about people where their doctors are not even calling them back. So I think that uh, at least for the foreseeable future, it's possible that this will become their primary care doctor. I mean, Interesting. Interesting. We're also licensing our telemedicine software to primary care physicians to use with their own patients, and that's fine. But I mean, there's so many Americans that don't even have a primary care doctor. So what do they do, and how do you help them? And you know, if the wealthy people in society don't help the people that don't even have a doctor, I mean, the pandemic's never going to go away for anybody. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, so you've got this big meeting with someone at the White House. You've raised, you said, upwards of five million in just a couple of weeks. Um, Next steps? I mean, what happens over the next two weeks? Well, we're rolling out the product uh, later this week on the Salesforce cloud, and we're continuing to try to credential 
you know, over 10,000 physicians in the short term. And then uh, we're doing all of the paperwork to get set up to build Medicare and hiring billing companies, building strategic partnerships, doing a media rollout, and just also trying to pursue, pursue larger amounts of funding. We're doing a $50 million Reg A plus offering from physicians. We're also talking to Salesforce Ventures about um, investing. Hopefully I can convince them and they don't get mad at me for mentioning this, but <laughs> I really think they should invest because they have so many uh, amazing technology tools that could help solve the health crisis. But uh, if we're hiring probably five or 10 people a day. So we really need to expand the team so I can get some sleep. That would probably help as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you bring up an interesting point just in terms of logistics. How do you, you know, what's the key to accomplishing something this rapidly moving in such a short amount of time? Uh, clearly, this is a crisis that will that will peak, it will eventually ebb. Um, how, you know, how do you put something out that's so new in such a short period of time? I mean, it's the kind of you meet someone on LinkedIn or through Startup Health and, you know, within 10 minutes, you make a decision to hire them and pay them, you know, $200,000 a year because you don't have any other choice because it's moving that fast yeah. or, or if an advertising campaign, you know, has a one in 20 chance of working, you just do it because you have no choice because you have to move that fast. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like an ask for forgiveness policy where, you know, if an advertising campaign doesn't go as well as we think, or, you know, we miss payroll by two days because we're hiring a hundred people, like people are not really going to care because they're not as focused on money or perfectionist to be everybody just kind of wants to help. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so you're going to be putting a lot of money into ad campaigns. You said uh, social media, perhaps. So how are you going to reach people? Uh, well, we have a huge digital advertising firm, Blue Fountain Media, that's developing a comprehensive strategy. But I mean, I even think just doing basic things like Facebook video ads and commercials and just really basic advertising, because typically you need like super fancy creative to get people's attention. But because the only thing that doctors and patients and government are focused on is COVID-19, you actually don't need the most amazing commercial in the world. You don't need to spend like a million dollars making a Super Bowl ad. You just need to give them the facts and get straight yeah. to the point. So I'm noticing that our, you know, the advertising we're doing is 10 to 20 times more effective than it normally is because this is the only thing people are thinking about. Yeah. Uh, putting myself in the shoes of a typical consumer, um, I could, someone, someone would be forgiven for being a little overwhelmed by the number of telemedicine options that have cropped up over the last couple of weeks. It can be, it can be uh, a bit overwhelming. So on that side, sort of forgetting the big national picture, which I think really makes COVID.MP unique, just on the telemedicine side, wh uh, why should a consumer go to your website versus somebody else's? I think they can go to multiple websites because I think it's going to take you know, an army of telemedicine companies to solve this solution. So we're not going to be the only company. I mean, Teladoc has thousands of doctors and they have a five hour wait time. So they need our help. Right. Got it. Um, so that's now, part of the, that's part of the offer right there. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully we can achieve less than a five hour wait time. So people would come to us if they're having problems with Teladoc, but you know, you need dozens of solutions because the government has not really rolled out a singular national platform. Yeah. I think it's okay. We need dozens of, of solutions. It's not really about competition. It's more about collaboration. You, you know, in the past, you might not want to share certain information or collaborate with, let's say, an enemy. I mean, I've reached out to some of my worst business enemies to collaborate. And some of those decisions have uh, led to some of the biggest 
successes for COVID-MD. Huh. Uh, and so I think that uh, when, when the, my joke is when the world is ending, you should probably reach out to your enemies if they can save the world. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Your enemies become friends because you have a common enemy, which is the virus, I guess. But <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Uh, any of those anecdotes that are able to be shared or not yet? It, only in your autobiography. Let's just say some very high-profile government connections. Interesting. Um, I just uh, I, I just interviewed somebody who works for a company that um, does asynchronous um, uh, symptom registry. If someone feels thinks they have COVID nineteen, they can get on a website, they can type in their symptoms, and they get um, sort of automatically triaged, and only you know fifteen percent. Uh, make it to the threshold of needing a telemedicine visit. Um, does would the COVID.md system do that kind of um, risk stratifying? Uh, uh, so we're stratifying patients into low, medium, and high risk. And uh, for example, if they're low risk, we might say, hey, you know, just watch these educational videos or talk to a chat bot. If you're medium risk, maybe it's a scheduled telemedicine appointment. And if it's high risk, then um, it could be, you know, talk to a doctor right now, for example. So that might become important depending on what the demand is. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we could keep covering, but I know this is a moving target, so we should just keep checking back in with you regularly. Uh, who are you trying to collaborate with? Who would you like to contact you right now, and how can they reach out to you? I mean, certainly uh, physicians can reach out and contact us. Right now the web URL is covid.md. Mm-hmm. We just bought covidmd.com for $36,000. So. Uh, we'll have that up in a few days and they can go there as well. Um, so physicians, certainly. I mean, we're all also considering institutional funding just to accelerate the progress, but we don't really need it because we have so many physicians on board. But if we had the right social impact investor, you never know. Yeah. And then I, employers, health plans, government, those are the kind of connections we're looking for as well. And, and I suppose uh, very good software engineers and talented people. We need to hire a lot of people. So anyone that uh, is looking for a job as well. <laughs> if, a, if, a phys- if a physician is looking to pick up telemedicine shifts, uh, how soon will that side of the business be up and running? Should be later this week. Okay. You think you'll actually start seeing patients later this week? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then after that, it sounds like this will be sort of a tiered approach because you have so many ideas of things you could add on to this. It'll be layer after layer after layer. I don't know if I'd call them layers. I would call them parallel tracks because that's the speed at which we're going. Okay. Um, and it's not that one is in the center and another one is out on the outside. It's more... Well, well, to some extent. I mean, obviously, the initial telemedicine triage to prevent from going to the emergency room that don't need to go is top priority compared to, let's say, uh, diabetes management program. But hopefully, we can launch all of them as soon as possible so that uh, you know everyone gets what they need in terms of healthcare. But certainly, there's a priority order. But at the same time, we're not waiting for one thing to be finished before we go to the next thing. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Lawrence, that's all the time we have. Um, I love hearing about this vision. Uh, it's, it's, it's huge and it's awesome. And uh, I'm going to keep checking back in and with, with it. And I wish you all the best. All right. Thank you. All right. And stay healthy. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Digital Health Entrepreneurship with Lawrence Gerard. I want to make sure you don't miss the next episode where we are going to be talking about why physician investors are better for healthcare startups than venture capital. Subscribe if you haven't, and make sure to join us tomorrow on Digital Health Entrepreneurship with Lawrence Gerard.